Mimeo Talk of the Trade, sharing marketing and sales success stories. Hey everyone, Mike McNary here with another episode of Mimeo's Talk of the Trade podcast. On this show, we share marketing and sales success stories. Our hope being that through our talks with some great sales and marketing leaders, that there's some useful takeaways for you, our audience, to apply to your own revenue missions. Today's episode is the voice of the customer meeting, how sales, marketing, customer success, and product can work together to be great customer evangelists. Our guest is Gene Hopkins. Gene is the CRO at Happy Nest and also the co-author with Jamie Turner of Go Mobile, location-based marketing, apps, mobile optimized ad campaigns, 2D codes, and other mobile strategies to grow your business. She is also an award-winning podcaster for her work on Table Fries and other programs while at Lola.com and Progress Software. Welcome, Gene. Great to have you. Thank you, Mike. It's great to be here as always. Thank you. Uh, before we dig into the episode and today's topic, um, we'd love to give our audience a little bit of background about you. And um, for those uh, that are listening that might not know a lot about your organization, Gene, can you tell us a little bit about Happy Nest? Yeah, Happy Nest is a, a laundry pickup and next day delivery uh, service, and it's good for residential as well as light commercial applications, um, an Airbnb, you know, towels, sheets, that sort of thing. How many people really look forward to doing their laundry? Not many, I would imagine. And when the average person spends about three hours a week doing their laundry, that's three hours a week that they're not able to do something else. And so what we're able to do at a reasonable cost is pick up your laundry, take it to a production partner that is a happy, that's been happiness certified. They wash, dry, fluff and fold or hang uh, your laundry and return it to you the very next day. Um, the average laundry is about 27 pounds per week. Um, it costs around $50, but $50 is well worth it for many people to get those three hours back in a week. And we are currently in 27 states and including DC. And then we're also expanding on a regular basis. So if you're interested, go to happiness.com and join our wait list. And as soon as we find a provider in your area, we'll let you know, and then you can use us as well. You know, you're at Happiness now. You've run a lot of marketing orgs throughout your career, and now you're the CRO. Uh, what's, the fav- what's your favorite part of your job? Building the teams, uh, actually working with individuals on the team to make teams that I've worked on to make them the very best, kind of cheerleading them, um, helping course correct, coaching, that sort of thing, people. So many people are new to the business world and they maybe haven't had one-on-one contact with somebody that's kind of seen it all in over the course of her career. It's not my first goat rodeo, as it will. <laughs> and I just love working with you know, all sorts of different people and generally laughing. As long as I'm having fun and laughing about things, I, you know, life is absurd at times and you can't take it too seriously. So my favorite part of the job is building the team, actually, the the building the team so that if I get hit by a bus, it'll keep running. Let's jump into, you know, our topic for today. Uh, you know, on this show, uh, Gene, we've talked quite a bit historically about the partnership between marketing and sales and how to optimize that. And I'm excited today to talk a little bit more about the voice of the customer and, you know, how that's factored into an effective sales and customer success partnership. Um, so why don't we start off by maybe the big picture benefits of sales and customer success partnerships why is it effective that sales and CS collaborate 
effectively? What's at stake if the partnership isn't functioning in an optimized way? Well, you know, you can take a look. Let's let's take a look at the Amazon model. Model, right? They there's a really good book out there called Working Backwards, and what how they look at it is they keep the uh, the view of the customer at all times in every single product that they launch or think about. So long, long, long before the product is ever found on Amazon.com, they write a press release and a list of FAQs that would accompany the launch of this particular product, keeping the customer in mind. Why is this product important? Not building a product on an engineering side of things or product development side of things, and then try to, you know, bolt it onto a customer base. So it's in sales and customer success, as well as marketing, if you start from the point of view of the customer and you say, what are the three reasons we win? What are the three reasons we lose? And you have that as a cross-functional address. It's not, it doesn't turn into this silo effect of sales says this, customer success says this, customer service says this, you know, um, marketing says this, and the product team says something. The, the true intersection of sales, product, and marketing is really product marketing. And unfortunately, a lot of product marketing people struggle because not, not in a bad way, but salespeople, God love them, God bless them, <laughs> right? It's, uh, you know, bless their little hearts, I think is the Southern phrase that they say, right. is that every time that they've got a deal on the table, they go to product, they go to the product team and say, I need this to be pink with purple polka dots. And then another salesperson comes and says, I need this to be green with pink stripes. Another, And it's impossible for the product team to be able to see through the filter of like what's real and what's not real. Initially, when a company starts out, you're looking for every deal because you're not really sure who your customer is yet and you don't know when to pivot. So I, I, I advise one co company that they started out in the SMB space and then it's been pivoting to much bigger companies that understand the data set and what you're actually doing with the data while the small businesses don't have the people processes or reporting capabilities to be able to do it. So it's the collaboration is really, we're all on the same page. We're not against each other. And in many organizations, especially as you get larger and larger and larger, it becomes very difficult for, say, a marketing lead to be able to understand what customer success is trying to do or what sales is trying to do. So I have found by cementing on a monthly basis a 90-minute meeting that we call the voice of the customer meeting, and there's really good templates out there. There's a, a great company called Loop, L-O-O-P, V-O-C, voiceofthecustomer.com. And they have great templates to be able to help you kind of think through this process and also make it work within your organization. And I found that by holding this monthly meeting with your head of direct, your head of indirect sales, your marketing person, your success person, your services person, and then have the product team on the other side of the table and facilitating this particular meeting. What are we trying to talk about? What are the three reasons we win? What are the three reasons we lose? Now, 
you're not limited to three because I rarely does anybody ever come up with just three. But the point being is month after month after month, are you coming up with the same three problems, the same three reasons that you lose? And in different environments, you're able to say, well, this isn't a product issue. This is a channel issue or this is. And, but the product team gets to hear it in one place at one time. And then when you have a deck, you're recording this and then you have notes afterwards. And then at the next meeting, the product team discusses what they did as a result of the previous meeting. Well, we looked at this, we looked at that, we did some research here. It becomes much more of an integrated effort and and something that is easily understood by the entire organization. Interesting. So it sounds like this voice of the customer meeting is a specific use case that you've seen work in bringing all of these stakeholders and teams together to make sure that there is clarity around what the voice of the customer is saying. Right. And, and I, I would say, Mike, that many, many customer success team members, they end up having voice of the customer meetings. It's probably with them within their themselves. Right. They're not they're not leveraging up so that the executive team is there. They're not documenting this so that it's it's available as content for the entire organization to learn from. And you have a great opportunity as a marketing lead, as a sales lead, as a customer success lead, as a revenue leader to be able to show why. If we're all on the same page organizationally, if we all agree across the board that this is important, all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier to move the entire roadmap forward. Right. And I'd imagine that there are probably instances in meetings like this where you're able to, you know, invalidate a potential uh you know, idea about where the product roadmap should go or what we should be doing to support our customer base. It probably goes both ways, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, I've been in meetings where there's been discussion points about, you know, a sales team member will say, well, I absolutely need this. And then the product team will say, well, if we do that, then we can't do this. So, you know, what are the choices that you have there? You know, right. do you do you do you want to not do this on the product roadmap that you told us that was, you know, incredibly important? Or do you want to do this that's important on the product roadmap? So, you know, there, there's always, you know, gives and gets in this this kind of a, a conversation. And it becomes it becomes much more it becomes better when it's documented versus cornering somebody in the, the hallway or at the Starbucks down the street saying, <laughs> I really need this. I really need that. But when you're actually have an entire team of people saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's let's hear let's hear this out. Let's let's hash this out or let's take this offline and have another meeting about it. Although I never that never happened with the meetings that I've had. It's it, usually you can hash it out and you start to see repetition of the same reasons we win, reasons we lose, and it reinforces why we're successful. And why is that important? Well, you want the sales team to be able to reinforce the reasons why customers buy us, right? right. You, you want to be able to have those case studies on why do they buy our platform? Why do they buy our software? Why do they buy our product? And that becomes incredibly important, I believe. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, you know, I can relate to, you know, your point about triaging these requests, right? What mm. can be achieved with your resources and kind of balancing that against the ROI of making one decision versus another. 
in terms of, you know, impact to the org or impact to your goals or to your right. customer success. Right. 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 Totally. So, yeah. That's really interesting. And it sounds like a really good example of a specific uh, tactic that, you know, if our audience is thinking, Hey, how do I make sure that this voice of the customer is being realized and being heard by the important components of, of our organization, you know, something, a mechanism like that seems like a really good way to go about it. Well, I'm going to tell you, Mike, that it is hard to get it off the ground. And I know that when I started it at Lola.com, as an example, I had done it in a previous company, two companies, actually. And starting it at Lola.com, I started socializing it earlier. I gave them examples of what we were looking for. My boss, uh, the CEO of the company, didn't get it. He was like, okay, Gene, if you want to do this, that's fine. And then one of the participatory parties um, that was in charge of indirect sales through the channel sales program, she showed up for the meeting and didn't do a single slide. And this is after I had given a lot of information and whatever. And I said, okay, this is how we're going to run this meeting. You know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And so her four peers had all given me slides I had given them a template. I mean, I don't know, I, other than filling it out for them, I don't know right. what else I could what have else can done. You do? so, yeah, I get right? it. <laughs> so, and she hadn't done anything. And her excuse in the meeting was, well, I didn't know what you wanted. And it, believe me, I, my father used to laugh at me about how much I rolled my eyes in the back of my head all the time. And I just thought to myself, how dare you say something like that? I mean, I, I gave right. you so much information. I reminded you about this meeting and everything. And so when we had the meeting, it went pretty well. I would have given it a C plus, you know, as a meeting, as a first time meeting. But like anything, Mike, you've got to stay on it. So schedule the meeting for the next month and schedule it for the next month and schedule it. You know, you've got to stay on top of it. And it helps a lot when you have a great relationship with the product side of the business, because when they see the value in it, that we're saving them time, we're saving them from getting poked and prodded by the sales organization, hmm. you know, putting up the Teflon shield for them, they start to realize, okay, this is a good thing. I'd rather spend 90 minutes once a month being poked and prodded versus this, this onslaught of slings and arrows on a daily basis. Just think about Slack, think about email, think about bumping into people in the hallway, think about it you know, over and over. And so it, it becomes something that can become a cultural touchstone within the organization. And finally, I mean, it took a few months, but the organization was like, this is the best meeting. This is, this is exactly what we need. And it helped to focus and hone not only the messaging, but what we were trying to do with the product. And I think that that becomes critical. That's great. And it sounds like, let me ask you this, if, if you had not kind of tried to build the buy-in and get some you know, equity from your partners on this meeting, or in general, you know, thinking about new processes or you know, new organizational paths, do you think building that buy-in ahead of time is important to smoothing the path for the initiative? Well, Mike, you just answered the question yourself. Of course, right. it's it's anything that you do is you you have to build alignment. You you need to socialize things. A lot of people don't like surprises. They don't. Your boss doesn't like surprises. I you know I I've written many an FYI email within the subject line saying FYI blah 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 just so that they're not surprised um, because you know you can't you need people to have your back for you and to yep. be able to understand you know what you're trying to do and I think 
I think that by helping people understand what you're trying to do in the organization and, and building building, well, it's not rapport necessarily, but just making sure that people understand what you're trying to do and if they agree with you or not, or if they agree to disagree, but they're still going to support you. It's like anything. You you just need to build your, you know, we all need to have a little CYA in our, in our lives yep. and it, it good, bad, or indifferent. And if this, this person that went to the meeting and wasn't prepared it, it wasn't just a matter of me being irked about it. They were the other people going like, well, why do you feel like you didn't have to do anything when we all did it? Right. And that, that to me is more, and believe me, she was prepared for the next one. But, I bet. I <laughs> and, bet. And so those are, the, it's just a, it's a matter of just playing it correctly, I think. Yeah. And, and I really like this, just, you know, using it as an opportunity to get, all of the separate teams aligned. Now, you know, at the end of one of these meetings, you're, you're saying 90 minutes monthly, maybe a good way to start with something like this. Mm-hmm. At the end of these meetings, who owns the to-dos? Is it, are they agreed upon by all of the uh, relevant stakeholders in the meeting? And then people take away their, you know, kind of uh, action items? Or is there ultimately one team within the meeting that has uh, decision-making power about what comes out of it? Well, in this case, it was the product team. Okay. And they um, they were responsible for, so I would post it, post the recording and the deck to the wiki page. The head of product would write up what their takeaways were from it. So each of the product managers were listening and saying, these are the takeaways. These are the things that we need to take a look at. And then at the following meeting, I would say, what what actions were taken as a result of the previous month's meeting. So yep. we wouldn't walk away with the meeting saying, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to do this. The assumption was, and the way I looked at it was, you've got all the customer-facing team members. And typically, product is not customer-facing, right? They're, they're working in the back office, their heads are down, they're, you know, they're just working hard on the things and they're getting poked and prodded again by a number of people and they're just trying to deliver on their roadmap, right? right. And But the customer-facing people are the ones that are bearing the brunt of you know, retention of existing customers, uh, bringing new customers on board, all that. And the product team doesn't necessarily have that. So the whole idea was to put it all together in one place so that the product team could hear it at one time. And it saved overall time. And it also provided a a mission, a to-do, a, you know, whatever that we're trying to do as an organization by having the head of product, the head of engineering, the head of the company be in those particular meetings without interrupting. I ran this meeting and I was a strict taskmaster, like you have 15 minutes. And when it got to be the, you know, you have three more minutes and you're, you're just, babbling now it's like time out and just keep that meeting moving because I commit to 90 minutes and if you're going to go over I you know I don't want people to have feel like this is a meeting that's going to draw out for you know six days I want it to be 90 minutes and then and we all have something that we we have a clear takeaway got it now, would you say that, you know, the feedback coming from the customer facing uh, teams, right, thinking of success in sales in this case, 
you find that the more effective of a partnership you have in place, the more aligned their feedback tends to be. Is that a good indicator of health of the partnership? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Mike, you know, you you want, I mean, let's call it functional fuel, if you will. Yep. You want to focus the technology and the energy in the organization to be able to solve specific issues. Unfortunately, in many organizations, and, you know, it doesn't matter where you work or where you live, we're all dealing with edge cases. We're dealing with the anomalies, and we're providing way more attention to that, that 1% or 2% of our business than the 99 98% of our business that is doing the right things at the right time. So that functional fuel, if you will, becomes important within an organization. So you are focusing everything that you're doing. Uh, it, it's, I think some challenges you end up with in revenue ops, that sort of thing, is that you're unable to get the right data. And this, this is, while it may not be data specific, we can talk about how we're doing on the customer success side relative to NPS, what kind of product reviews we're getting. Uh, we, we're able to get at some informa information, but this meeting is basically anecdotal in a, to a certain degree right. based on the customer feedback. And that's why I try to limit it to top three, top three. Right. Because you want to stay away from those anomalies, right? Yes. And keep it down the fairway, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, you know, thinking about these, you know, voice of the customer meetings and, and having an effective outcomes as well as collaborations in that environment, um, you know, what's, what's in your experience, what are some good ways to foster this healthy partnership between sales and success and ultimately product, right? You mentioned them being siloed in, in worst case scenarios, but how do you foster that kind of togetherness, that being on the same page and working towards the same end game? Well, I feel like a really strong product marketing person or product marketing team that's able to take the information that is coming from sales and acting, if you will, as a filter yeah. uh, so that it isn't a nonstop gush. Think about it like a throttle or think about it, the shower head where you're, you're, you've got some sort of restrictor in there. So it's not all gushing out at the same time. You want to be able to have a strong product marketing person that said that can go back to the sales as what that's liked and respected by the sales organization to be able to say, that's just not, we're not ready for that yet. We're, you know, we're not just, you know, put that on a back burner, but also take that back burner stuff and be able to go to regular product meetings where you can hear what's going on. Many of many people have worked in an organization where all of a sudden product comes to you, whether you're marketing, sales enablement, customer service, whatever, and says, we're going to launch this product in two weeks. And you're like, what? You know, how come I wasn't part of the beta? How come I don't know how to do this? You know, two weeks, you know, you need like two months, preferably three to six months in order to properly launch a product. So it, it's a two-way street. You want product to be super successful, but, and so you need the information. But a lot of times marketing people or salespeople, they don't think about what the product team is doing or the engineering team, and they're not involved. They're not listening. And that's something that we need to try to crack as uh, in, in our individual silos, I believe. Right. And, you know, because a lot of it becomes anecdotal in these meetings, is it difficult to sometimes, 
you know, a lot of people want to look to numbers to validate certain initiatives or efforts, right? Do you find that an obstacle or a tough part about meetings like these is quantifying the return on certain decisions or, you know, certain plans of action? Of course. I mean, and again, Mike, you know, data can prove anything. So you could say well, yeah, 98%, 98 well of the people in this meeting agree that this is stupid. Right. Um, and, and, and it's, it's a, you can prove anything that you want it, to a certain degree. I mean, let's talk about statistics and data. I mean, it's what you're trying to do really is, I believe that this meeting is more about trying to get on the same page and trying to maybe not trying, but getting on the same page with a list of priorities and what you're trying to achieve as an organization. This becomes particularly important if you're a smaller company and you're looking to be able to grow or you're a company that is maybe pivoting and you're moving from like one type of, maybe you sell direct and you're going to move into channel selling or say you're in one segment of a platform sale and you're moving into another one and you're adding or you're acquiring a company. These yep. types of meetings, I could call them voice of the customer, but you could call them anything that you want. It's all a matter of, I mean, God knows how many meetings we've all sat through where there's no agenda. There's nothing specific of the people that are there and, and people are just daydreaming in these meetings. You want a meeting where there's action, there's results, and you have the ability to be able to report on it. And people feel that there's forward movement. As long as you have forward movement, whether you meet monthly, weekly, daily, it's all about making sure that you're, you're able to see some form of results, I believe. Right. So, you know, the, the end game or success, it sounds like, isn't necessarily that everyone walks out of the room feeling like they've made the decision that's going to generate the most dollars specifically. It's more about, hey, three important contributing teams that all play a very you know, important role in the, the company's development and growth agree that this is the direction we should go on these certain matters. Yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. And, and being able to share this internally with the entire organization and looking for feedback, because not everybody on the engineering team or the product team or the dev team are in these meetings, but by posting it on your wiki or whatever your public, your uh, internal access board is, it gives people a chance to be able to read it, listen to it if they're interested, and comment on it. Uh, I, transparency to me is, is in, in very critical. And the more transparent you are, the better able you are to get people to understand what the goal is. Yep. And I also think that there's something, uh, we'll call it energizing, about knowing that you and your stakeholders have an equal uh, stake or you have um, the same perspective about a job, an initiative, or you know, something that you're collaborating on together. If everybody's in the trenches and believes that you're making the right moves, it, seems, it tends to kind of create exponential uh, effectiveness, I think. Absolutely. Totally agree, Mike. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about these being, you know, a monthly engagement. And I think that sounds like a really good cadence for something like this, the voice of the customer meeting. If you're thinking about sales and success teams on a more, we'll call it granular or shorter timeframe basis, day to day, week to week, how do you support and encourage a good feedback loop in those shorter timeframes? Uh, you know, it's, 
you know, you know how like you've um, you you ask for uh, questions at the end of a presentation. Yeah. And people say there's no such thing as a bad question. Well, the bad <laughs> question to me is that you weren't listening. Um, and but it's it's an insightful one if if people are able to say, well, maybe did we think about this? And I think it's 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 critical in that kind of an environment to realize that everybody has a point of view and chances are it varies from your point of view just because they don't have the same prism that they're looking at. You know, we're all looking at things through our own stained glass prism based on our experience, et cetera. And yet you have to be able to say, you know, this person may have a really strong idea, but they may not be articulating it in a way that is you know, we've all worked with people that kind of their fingernails down a chalkboard, but it, you know, you want to be able to say, well, this person has value. They are probably offering something and it could lead to something else. So we need to be able to honor. And I guess it's the grace of honoring everybody on your team, in the room, in the organization. You may disagree, right. and, but it doesn't turn into a, you know, I'm better than you or, or whatever. And but managing the meeting, that becomes the hardest thing, I believe, because you all, we all know people that take over meetings. And that's why <laughs> as the owner of the meeting, it becomes imperative to not let people get away with it. You, you have the, the, the agreement up front that you have 15 minutes, you have 15 minutes, you know, this is how we're going to do it. We have a clock. This is what we're doing and, and staying on, on track on time so it doesn't go off into the ether. That becomes critical. But I think that honoring the other people in the room and listening to the insights that they have, I will tell you that my experience has been many executives are pretty good at just listening and not trying to point the team in one place or another. So when you have people and they're treated as peers around that particular table, mm -hmm. which they are, they're peers. And then they honor each other's point of view. That makes it go a lot better. And then this becomes a coaching moment. If you get somebody that gets all riled up, you can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation saying, how could you have managed this better afterwards? You could say that, you know, like, what, what, what was the trigger that made you go down a path that you, that's not who you are or what you act like? Right. So what can we do to help you be able to be heard yet not not look like you're, you know, abusing someone across the right. table. Right. Yeah. I, th I think that's powerful. And, you know, we talked a moment ago about how impactful uh, a shared perspective or, you know, a shared possession over the, the mission can be. I think um, in the same way, having yourself heard has the yes. same impact, right? Yes. Knowing that yes. you've been able to contribute. And like you said, not all ideas are going to be wonderful and not everyone uh, is going to agree, but, you know, to be able to voice yourself and in your team's perspective on the customer voice and what should be prioritized, um, it, it can create a, a lot of equity, I think, amongst these teams and these partnerships. Right. I, I think so. And I think it's a place to start. And, and it's a, it's something that individuals that are looking to get, visibility within their organization can easily own and continue to upgrade. And as long as they don't give up, because there's going to come a point that there's going to be a meeting or two that so-and-so doesn't show up for, or doesn't take it seriously. But as long as you keep that cadence going, 
and and just try to work through it, it's it has value to the organization. It definitely does. So if I was going to summarize some key takeaways for our listeners, uh, I'd say first, voice of the customer is essential for healthy sales, marketing, and product organizations. That seemed pretty consistent throughout. Second, it's important to bring everyone together to discuss the voice of the customer rather than allow it to remain separate or in silos. And then finally, uh, this monthly meeting is one tool of many that centers the voice of the customer in your business plans. Does that sound right to you? Yes. Yes, oh. very much. Thank you. Oh. That's that's a good uh, now that's a good wrap up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You know, I, but I know there's a lot there, and I I think that uh, you know I'm thinking about common threads. Uh, those are the ones that jump out at me. But um, you know, I think in general, Gene, uh, this has been great, and I really appreciate you joining uh, our pod, sharing some of these experiences with us and with the audience. And I think there might be some folks that want to follow up and, and maybe ask you some more questions. How could they get in touch with you? Well, you can send an email to me at happiness, Gene, J-E-A-N-N-E at happiness.com. Or I'm on LinkedIn and it's Gene Hopkins at on LinkedIn. And just reach out to me and I'd love to hear from you and love to hear what you thought about this conversation. On behalf of Talk of the Trade, I want to thank Gene Hopkins again for a great conversation today. Join us again for our next episode, where I'll be talking to Sam Jacobs about the importance of networking as a sales leader. Until then, rate, review, and subscribe to Talk of the Trade on your favorite podcatcher. Talk of the Trade is hosted by Mimeo, the better way to print. Find out more at www.mimeo.com.